morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock and I'll be your host every Wednesday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. July, folks. J-U-L-Y. My favorite, favorite month of the year. July. Now, it has nothing to do with my birthday being in the month of July. I lied, it kind of does. Who doesn't love July, though? The weather's great. Everyone's so chill. Everyone's so summery. Everyone's so, you know what? Let's relax a bit. Let's have a good time. It's the summer. Summer vibe. Summer fun. Why can't it be July all year round, huh? July's awesome. It's a great, great month. And, uh, you know, it's really basically the end of the season here for the Nachum Seal Network. But, uh, you know, I plan on my Wednesday time slot should stay intact for the most part. You know, I'm around. I work a full-time job here at the Nachum Seal Network, so I am around and available usually. So uh, the interviews part of our show will come to an end. It is summer, so our contributors are off. And uh, busy with other things, family duties or whatever it is, even even work, whatever it is, traveling. They're not able to do a consistent interview here and there. So bite size pretty much for the remainder of the summer. If it's not reruns, it'll be just kind of me talking early on. A lot of music, a lot of good, good music, which is what you've come to expect here, both on bite size and the network. And, uh, you know, I'll wrap things up with probably my, my summer munching in Brooklyn endeavors. Uh, for this week, unfortunately, it seems like our schedules do not work until Thursday, which means you won't be hearing from me about... You'll be able to see on Facebook, you'll be able to sit around Instagram, you'll be able to see it in places, but I will not be talking about Summer Munchin in Brooklyn this week because I spoke about Izzy's last week. Last week was on a Monday, this week will be on a Thursday, so for the for, for bite-sized sake, uh, it will not work out, but... Let me talk to you about why, another good reason, at least for me, why July is my favorite month. July is the most exciting, I think, is one of the most exciting months in the sports calendar, if not the most exciting month in the sports calendar, because and now I'm, I'm strictly a baseball, basketball, football fan. So football is pretty slow for the most part, but, but things are ramping up a bit. We've had now a few months of pretty much quiet since the draft. I mean, there's OTAs, but things are quiet towards the end of the month. We get training camp and then preseason, but that's good. That's fine with me. Basketball is rumors galore. Now, I used to write for a website called HouseOfHouston.com. I was the editor there for three years, and July was always the best month for us. Always. Tons of paid views. I think our our highest one was uh, we had 450,000 views in one month. It's just a ton of rumors. It's it's I don't want to say clickbait, but the internet term for you know you put out rumors, you you write up a post, people dig it, they love it, they share it, they read it, they do everything to it. I mean, July is such a such a hot month for rumors, and especially when you're a team like Houston. I mean, my favorite team, House of Houston. I wrote obviously about Houston sports. Um, they're always active, so it, it makes for a very fun time in July for me, and I love the thrill. Something goes out on Twitter, and I got to write about it. That it is one of the most exciting thrills for me, trying to be the first one out there because in this industry, it's really about being the first one out there. So so July was always a big month for basketball reasons. You have the free agency, and again, Houston always active, and we'll talk a little bit about more of that later. Um, 
for baseball, it's you know the summer months. July is an exciting month. You have the All Star Game. You have, um, and then you have the trade deadline towards the way end of the month. But there's there's teams active, and there's all these rumors also in baseball in a very exciting time. And then, like I said, football. So so on the NBA free agency front, I really want to be short on this, and unfortunately, uh, I'm talking to you right now on a uh, Monday. July 4th being tomorrow, being Tuesday, excuse me, and then when this airs Wednesday, unfortunately there was a uh, a studio scheduling issue where I couldn't be on live, so I'm talking to you now on Monday. So where I stand right now when I'm recording this, um, my favorite team, Houston, comes out with Chris Paul. I'm excited about it. I'll talk about it more you know, on a different show, but um, pertaining more to the New York listeners is the Carmelo Anthony situation. Very interesting. The whole New York situation is fascinating i mean how they totally for lack of a better word they just you know they they totally messed up their 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 future and their from hiring phil jackson which great you found you found a coach with a lot of rings that had a lot of stars that he you know coached you think he's going to be a great president of operations great gm not so i I don't want to say not so likely it just didn't turn out too well and Last summer, when whenever they brought him Derek Rose and Joakim Noah and thought they would form this, I don't know how they even assumed they were going to form some sort of super team or, or fake super team. Where they're, I mean, making the playoffs was a fair assumption, and somehow they couldn't even pull that one off. But so New York, they've got Chris Stops, and we had all those talks a week before about draft time where they might trade him, which is absurd, absolutely absurd. They since fired Phil Jackson, which. It's probably the best day in New York history since, I guess, when they drafted Kristaps. But when they drafted drafted Kristaps, no one thought that was a great day. Um, and look how that turned out, New York fans. But so New York's in the situation now where they have Carmelo Anthony, a star in his own right. Now I've never been the biggest Carmelo Anthony fan. I think he's a black hole on offense. I think he's an elite scorer, but he's a black hole on offense. So now they they say they don't want to buy him out. So it seems like they're going to trade him at this time Monday. I'm speaking either to Houston, either to Cleveland. Maybe Boston shows up. I'm, there's a good chance by the time you're listening to this, he's already traded. So let's say he got traded to Houston. This is what I have to say about the following. If it involved Ryan Anderson and cap filler and guaranteed, non-guaranteed contract filler, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, I think Ryan Anderson is a perfect fit in Houston. But unfortunately, I don't even want to say unfortunately. He, he just has a longer contract. I have no idea why New York would take on his contract. So I'm not even sure if he would be involved. But I assume if Houston and New York were to find a deal, might be a three-team deal. Ryan, I mean, I there's I have no idea why New York would take Ryan Anderson. So I hope for New York's sake. I mean, I happen to like him as a player. He's a great three-point shooter, spaces the floor. Very, really, again, a perfect fit for Houston for what they want to do. When you have two stars, you have Ryan Anderson that could hit from 30 feet out. I mean, great fit for Houston. But I see why they want to trade it. Melo is elite. He, he's an elite scorer, a little older, but he could do a lot of things on offense. Now, now if he were to be traded to Houston, it, it's an interesting fit because he is a good three-point shooter. But Houston's offense is so predicated on passing the ball to an open shooter and that shooter shooting that shot. And I'm afraid Melo pump fake might might take two steps in and try to shoot a 17-footer. Not at all Houston's offense. Houston takes the took the fewest mid-range shots by like a mile. I think it was like Houston last year averaged three point, I think let's say six sh- mid-range shots a game. And Chris Ball himself took that exact amount of mid-range shots a game. So there's going to be a lot of bumps Early on, we'll see if you know if they ended up trading for Melo. It's cool, but I hope it had nothing to do with Eric Gordon, Trevor Reza, etc. It's it's just, it's really hard to talk about it when I don't even know if it happened. So the Melo situation is interesting. I think New York fans find it 
a little fascinating. Don't expect much. If he's traded, don't expect much. You know, he he is a star, but at the same time, I think he's got, what, another two years at 50-something million. And everyone knows New York wants to deal him, so there's really no leverage. And, you know, he has his offensive issues pertaining to fit. So uh, we'll see what happens on that end. On baseball's end, I mean, geez, my Houston Astros, five All-Stars, maybe more after injuries. We'll see. Um, but again, like I said, basketball, baseball, a lot of fun in July. And like I said earlier, July means it's pretty much the end of the season here on the Nahum Single Network. But also, uh, it's going to be the end of our interviews on this show. This the show we do have one last week with Tova Kanech, her interview with Eliyahu and Rifka Dina Kanush, the stars of Holy Simcha DJ and Party Production Company. That'll air at about 9.45 a.m. or so today and that'll probably be it for Tova this summer uh we thank her for her contributions to the show we really thank all of our contri- contributors for their contributions to the show Tova especially she's been uh, a great help for the show and uh we'll talk about a little more about how the show kind of came about to begin with towards the end of the show uh so stay tuned for that but again Tova connects interview 9 45 a.m you could expect a lot of great music throughout but for now, as we start every day, every Wednesday, Mahapecha Shel Simcha. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Segal Network. Shamati Shel Simpomesi Babin Ladai. אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני, היי נשים את הצרות מאחוריי אני לא הולך עד שכולכם מג'נונים, היי שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני, היי הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים Oh, no. 
I've shed my tears Through the darkest years But the journey is still on my mind This was my fate My bones in the prison of time And fortune came Like a dream one day I finally learned how to smile Am I still my sweet father's child? Cause I've been alone, I've been afraid I've been locked up and thrown away But now I am free I've been 
שלח את מלאכיך הקדושים ועבר לברך את החתם נהיית קלה שמח איך התנים הקלה
We are back here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network, and it's now time for Tova Knech's interview with Eliyahu and Rivka Dina Kanush, the stars of Holy Simcha, DJ and Party Production Company. Here's Tova with the stars of Holy Simcha right here on Bite Size on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting with Eliyahu and Rivka Dina Kanush, the stars of Holy Simcha. It's a DJ company, DJ and Party Production Company that is completely popular among all the Anglo community, Israeli community also, um, for all their uh, simcha needs. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs. Welcome to my home. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So I can't wait to hear all about uh, what you provide with Holy Simcha. Before we get into all that you could provide for your clients, uh, I would love to hear about who you are, where you're from, and a little bit of your background story. Who wants to start? I'll start. Good, yeah. okay. oh, so, right, so my name is Eliyahu, and a lot of people think my name is Simcha because our company's called Holy Simcha. So, um, you know, so that's okay. If you want to call me Simcha, that's okay. But my real name is Eliyahu. Um, I wasn't always a DJ. Um, we've been, I've been doing this for about three, four years now. Uh, how did I get into it? Um, it's, a, it's a good question. I had a so uh, uh, a confession, true confession, is that I'm Balchuva, or aspiring Balchuva, and um, what I hear a lot of Balchuva saying is in my past life, right? So, um, so I have a past life, just like other Balchuva, um, before entering, you know, the the Shomer Shabbat uh, lifestyle and community and, and being in yeshiva. Um, so I I lived a different life. Um, and then came into, uh, into uh, Yehudut and religious Yehudut and communities and totally had to like forget who I was, right? Uh-huh. Had to forget who I was so I could discover what Yehudut is, you know, because, um, cause it, you know, c- kind of like the whole idea of, of being, um, being like bitul and being small and, and, and like nullifying oneself in Yehudut and thinking like, okay, I'm not everything in the world, I'm not so great, and not everything revolves around me, is kind of a different, is like a very different um, take on the world than um, than the world of academia and, you know, the world of, uh, the world, like the secular world. Um, so uh, having, having you know, been in yeshiva for a few years and then having come out with a family, um, thank God, and, um, and then realizing, okay, well, now I have to integrate um, who I was and all the skills I had before and, uh, and who I am now. Um, so kind of from that was, was born this, uh, this, um, this character, you know, DJ Holy Simcha, or at least one of the DJs of Holy Simcha. Uh-huh. Um, so who I was before was a person who loved dancing, not just the Hasidic shuffle where you're walking around in circles, <laughs> but going out and learning, you know, swing dancing and line dancing and, you know, all kinds of like break dancing and stuff like that. Loved music, all kinds of music. Um, <clears throat> loved parties, loved performing in theater. Um, creativity, uh, used to run summer camps. Wow. Yeah. So, um, where was this? Where, this was where all in California. in California. This was all in Northern California, uh-huh. um, where there really isn't a lot in Northern California. There is almost no Jewish, you know, religious Jewish community, really very little Jewish, um, values. In fact, when I started running youth groups uh-huh. in Northern California, we used to take all the kids on a bus to LA just to see what like, you know, a religious community looks like. 
And then you moved, how did you uh, get to Israel? How did I get to Israel? Um, that's a long story, but part of the process was um, <clears throat> I realized I need, uh, in my 20s, I need to make a decision now. Like, am I going to marry a Jewish woman or am I going to be part of like this, what's it called, melting pot, you know, okay. and, you know, marry whoever, you know. Whoever you meet. Yeah. And it was, I'm coming from Northern California where there's like a lot of liberal, liberal, liberal politics and views. It's like, if, you, if you're not fully committed to your identity, then you're just kind of either wishy-washy or, or like the worst thing that you could be. You're like some kind of racist. Like, you know, uh -huh. why do you want to marry a Jewish woman? You know, like, what are you discriminating? Wow. So, um, so with that, I kind of like, I, I went soul searching in Israel. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hashem guided me to being in this uh, in this yeshiva in Batayin, where it was a very creative place, lots of musicians, lots of people interested in meditation and expression, and there was actually a bibliodrama class going on the day that I went, and um, wow. and yeah, and so so that was it was actually totally hashkacha because that was like maybe the one time that that was offered. So when I saw that going on, um, I thought, wow, this is a place where I can actually connect with Torah. Um, it was meant to be that. It was completely meant to be because when I sat with the Rosh Hashiva for the interview, he said, well, what's, what's intriguing to you about learning here? And I told him, he said, I didn't even know that goes on here. It was a, it was a student-directed student class during the, during the lunch break. That's fantastic. So it took me two years to go back to California and kind of like get my, get my stuff together and get more interested and involved in, in Judaism, Jewish studies, and, and, and Torah. Mm -hmm. And at that point, um, I was sent back, Hashem had sent me back to Israel to kind of like really be in yeshiva, not just for a couple of days, and find a wife and start a family. Wow. So on that <laughs> note, with you mentioning your wife, Rifka Dina sitting right here with her gorgeous baby on her lap. <laughs> hey, Hello. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your background story? Okay. So my mom's Mexican. My father is, uh, she's a convert. My father is uh, Jewish, Brooklyn. Uh, wow. Yes, interesting combo. Um, and um, and so I used to go to visit Mexico in the summers, mm -hmm. and um, and I used to because I always felt like I didn't fit in America, and I and I thought you know I, I must want to live in Mexico. So when when I was in college, I took the year and went to went there for not I'm going to be there and live there and not just be there for the summers. So. Um, I went there to live with my sister and I realized this is not my place either <laughs> and you know not to bash on Mexico I love Mexico there is a war going on over there anyway but that there's a lot of like there's a lot of like negativity there a lot of it's a third world co country um, yeah. so basically being there in amongst very very negative places I basically catapulted into Israel I always ever since I was six years old I wanted to be religious one day. Wow. We were part of a Jewish community. We weren't religious when I was born, but then slowly my father was taking on more things. And when I was six years old, we kept kosher in the house. And just like every year we'd add one more thing, like, you know, stop watching movies on Shabbat, you know, right. things like that. And so um, I always knew at the age of six that I was going to be religious one day. So I'm also like a Balt Shuva. And, um, so then I came to Israel on, um, on a, right after high school and I, I wasn't religious then that first year that I came to Israel, uh -huh. but when I first came, it's actually interesting. When I first came to Israel, I was like, this is the land of milk and honey. There's like, there's so many not religious Jews here. It was like so weird to me. They don't even know 
anything about Judaism or something. Like there were so many Jews I met yeah. and they don't know anything about like Torah and stuff. So that was like really weird to me. I thought I was going to come here and it was going to be like Avram Avinu and like Surimenu and all these like people like that, you know? And it was just like, this is where am I? You know? So at first I was not happy with what I saw. Um, and then just saw like I had a vision one day of just like this, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I knew I had to come back. It took me two years to come back. I came back in two years, now religious. I made a decision I was going to be religious. This is what I'm doing. came to, to, to Badayan. When I came to Badayan, I finally, all, all of a sudden, like, it's so quiet over there. It was like when I was there. Now it's like a lot more people. But Pat, then it was I'm like... Sorry to interrupt. Badayan is specifically where? It's, it's in Gush Etzion. What, close it's to what It's close channel? to Alon Shvut, uh, okay. Um, maybe like an eight-minute eight drive from Efrat. Okay, just to put it in perspective. Right. Yeah. So I was there, and I was in the bottom of the mountain, and it was, like, so quiet. So it was, like, the first time I really, like, was living in this quiet, and, and I could hear my soul, let's say that. And, and, and music started coming to me, wow. and I started realizing, like, all these creative, creative things coming out of me. And, um, and I really, I got into, like, I became part of these shows for... Um, and Goshetzion, they put on these women's shows, right? So I became, like, I was there 16, 17 years ago. They did Esther. It was, a, like, the first one they did was Yosef. I wasn't, I saw that, and I got inspired. I became part, I was Vashti and Esther, and then after that I was Ham and Noah, and then, um, and then I became, and then I was uh, Naomi and Ruth and Naomi, and then they did another show. So I was really part of these shows, um, and, uh, and it just really, like, like, you know, it was amazing to come here and express myself in, in, into a, a community of people who really were, like, so on the same page wow. for something much deeper than just, like, I'm a star, look at me, you know. So, um, and then I went to school at Michla Amuna, and where I learned drama. And from there, I was, um, I was, I directed girl shows, and I was teaching drama game, and I was part of these shows. So then, um, Elio and I got a call, um, from someone saying, could you do, Rifkidina, could you do, like, something creative for bat mitzvah? Oh. And, um, and I said, okay, sure, why not, you know? And so she wanted me to direct her daughter into to doing, like, some kind of acting that she was going to be doing on a video for her bat mitzvah. So, um, and that's basically the first thing that just started the idea wow. of, of Holy Simcha. As I started getting, we started getting into it, actually we started with bat mitzvahs, uh-huh. and then, you know, I was managing the business side of things, and one day Rif Kedina said, you know, why don't you get out there and do bar mitzvahs? So this is really interesting. My bar mitzvah party was like the worst night of my life. Oh no! Yeah, it was like the worst night of my life, and it makes sense that now I'm going back, you know, like Elio, and if he goes back to every uh-huh. I'm going back to all these tons of bar mitzvah parties, and steering, you know, steering them away from the kind of pitfalls that, that my family went into. Wow. The pitfalls were, there was a total disconnect between what the bar mitzvah boy, me, and my parents were envisioning, right? There was a total disconnect. So it was kind of going to be like two parties, the party for him, the party for them. Right. Um, and what, the, how that translates to the guests is, is like really bizarre. It's like, where am I? Right. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no connect, there's no through line, there's no theme, there's no, there's just tension, you know? Uh-huh. And each, each side kind of like, 
you know, they, they brought in this uh, keyboard player who just played Simon Tov and Mazel Tov. My friends were not Jewish. They're wondering what's going on. There was no understanding of what's going on. Nobody knew how to dance. There was nobody coming out and showing people how to dance. And there was nobody breaking the ice. So everybody was just there with, like, a lot of tension, you know? They didn't... I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, no, it's good. It's, it's giving birth to Holy Simcha, you know? Like, that's true. Um, so that's impetus. And so yeah. now, you know, with, like, with a lot of our clients, we don't... We're not only playing DJ, and to some extent, you know, party... You know, we're not party planners in, in the full-blown sense. You're the party pumpers. Or we're the party pumpers. And we'll, you know, we'll guide... Because we go to so many parties, we're happy to guide people and say which catering is good now, which one isn't now, because, you know, sometimes they change chefs and whatever, so we're happy to give recommendations. We're happy to, to help save people time in terms of, like, going to every venue. We'll take videos. We're already at the venues, so we'll make, like, a video tour of what this venue looks like, and then people don't have to, like, go to a million venues. They can see the videos. Um, but besides that, there's the, there's the, you know, obviously we help people build their schedule and build their program, so it's not just you know, a, a disjointed series of things that are on the program, but we also hold people's hands emotionally, you know? So when a family calls you, because yeah. you are very popular on social media, yeah. um, I see your videos, I see, you know, I'm making a bat mitzvah coming up that you're obviously well aware of. Right. <laughs> I'm looking forward to having you guys make the bat mitzvah amazing. Um, but you provide services for the, these families. They go to your website, you have a website right. that has... Um, a simcha list, you know, thing, you know, so it's not just that you're coming and being the DJ, you're really providing a complete simcha service. Right. I mean, we're really holding their hand through, like, through the whole thing. Some families need more, some families need less. Yeah. Um, so on that note, what's your favorite part of the business? Um, what do you uh, love the most? So, okay. I love working with Eliel. That's, that's like, that's like, <laughs> I, that's, you know, of course every couple ever, you know, can always find, you know, things that they have to work on, but but the but I enjoy very much working with Elia. Do you uh, do the um, events together? A lot. A lot of times we do, and since this guy's come along, so Elia would be I would take him with me. At this uh -huh. point, I'm just starting to leave him at home, but like he was coming with me, so he was Elia was the babysitter slash put up all the stuff, you know, and take down all the stuff, and uh -huh. you know the schlepper. Yeah, exactly. Brody. Brody. <laughs> the what? Brody. And yeah, what I also love, so yeah. the thing that that's come for, full circle with me, so Elia was talking about his thing with his bar mitzvah, my thing that's come full circle with me is I grew up in, like, dance clubs in Mexico. That was my life, okay? Really, that was my life. And um, I, I couldn't believe that one day I'd be dancing to Latinos, you know, at a bat mitzvah, doing this for, like, a living, you know? Like, yeah. it, it was just like I was dancing to Latinos with a whole different kind of people <laughs> back then. Yeah. And, like, to be doing it here, like, now is just, like, it's a dream. It's a dream. Like, it's a dream that I could come do, like do like a real tikkun on what, you know, on the, on the old dancing, you know, wow. to come to do it here with the girls. So that's really like one of my favorite things. I, that's like one of my favorite things is like dancing, you know, Zumba type things with the girls and yeah. them getting just so into it and wild and crazy and having a great time. That's when, when the girls are like big dancers and they're into me teaching them, then it's fantastic. That's amazing. That's a lot of fun. Eliho, what's your favorite um, part of the business? Obviously, working with my wife. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. Before, before, we, didn't, we didn't plan that answer. Before, <laughs> we, started, before we started this, this company, 
Um, I was the administrator at a yeshiva, and I was in charge of like campus life and things like that, and I loved it. I was around all these great guys all the time, we were really building this amazing community, but I almost never saw my wife and kids. Uh-huh. And, and now it's just like, it's great, I get to, you know, I get to see her at her best, she gets to see me at my best, and, and that's obviously, okay. okay. Besides that, is, 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 He knew what to say right now. Is, um, Very cute. It, it's, it's, the, it's the music and, the, and what music can do with people. Another one of the things that we really do is like, we, we, you know, we see a lot of times at Kabbalah Panim, we're, the, the kids are mostly on time. And and adults. the adults come later, and the kids are kind of like, what do I, you know, what do they do with themselves, kind of thing. Uh-huh. So unless they have some kind of major like set like activity where they're like, you know, decorating something, if we don't, if they don't have that, usually what well, we we have a lot of great options where what we try to do is have a lot of fun with them, like do fun things with them. So we have fun activities like game shows mm-hmm. or karaoke or or different drama games. Um, we have great like fun huge these huge balls where kids go in and roll in them like a lot of fun things so we try to also keep it just a lot of fun like yeah. not necessarily like having the meaning part but also just have a good time like you have gotta, a lot of fun you gotta figure these kids are going to 30 40 parties in this year you know? right which a lot of them frankly have this a similar playlist you know right and similar you know similar very similar components so then what are they going to do for that hour of couple of penny when adults you're gonna you're gonna do a party your cousins are going to be seeing each other. They're going to be meeting each other, mingling. They're interested in networking. They're interested in, you know, getting to know people, having a good time, or, or you know, and the kids they see each other all day in school or in sneak. <laughs> they're coming together from school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're bored out of their minds, you know. Right? I mean, we, one of our clients actually said, she said, "What are we going to do for Kabbalah Panim?" Because my son calls me every bar mitzvah at seven o'clock. He says, "Mom, I'm bored." <laughs> you know? Oh no. Okay, Rifka, Dina, do you have any advice for parents that have bar bat mitzvah age kids? What, what would be your advice to them? Okay, so um, my advice would be, um, first of all, like teenagers, like everybody knows they're teenagers. A lot of times they're very expressive. We know this about kids. They're very expressive and they think they know what they want, but they don't know exactly what's out there. And sometimes even if they know what's out there, they don't even know if it's going to be something that they like or not. I wouldn't go into a subject with them on everything. Let it be you know? a surprise. Yeah. Let things sometimes be a surprise. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Sounds like an amazing, uh, company and you guys are fantastic Mm. so i wish you all the continued success and i can't wait uh, to experience you firsthand um i'm going to ask you living in the in the gush um are there a lot of people that make aliyah uh and move to the gush and if not why do you suggest that it is a place that people should think of um definitely a lot of people make aliyah and move to the gush um there's even a joke in a frat, like, you know, Hebrew is the second language. It's like, <laughs> right. there's that much, you right. know, there's a lot of, a lot that of much English, English spoken, um, which can make making Aliyah much easier, you know, if, if, right. if, if you don't have Hebrew, if you're making Aliyah and you don't have Hebrew down. Um, and on the other hand, it can make it, it can become a bubble. You know, there are people mm-hmm. who might not even know very much Hebrew because they've, they've, they've lived, lived in, in, right. in uh-huh. a frat so much. And actually this is, this is interesting. One person, um, first of all, our Hebrew is fine because we've been here for so long, but a lot of people are concerned, you know, are you going to be able to interact uh, with the whole crowd in Hebrew? You know, I wanted to say, like, it's your party. Don't feel compelled to speak in Hebrew for the class. 
you know, because the class is, is going to be Israelis, you know, but maybe prepare something in Hebrew so that you're not alienating the kids, you know, who are only going to understand, they're not going to understand a word of your, spe your speech in English. I, I mean, does, I don't think that the parent themselves have to be the ones speaking in Hebrew, maybe mm -hmm. the kid. I, I'm all about, you know, like, you've worked hard enough, you got here, you know, I don't think you have to. Put on, a show. put on a show for anybody. I really believe that like Israel is a melting pot for all of all of us, you know, mm -hmm. and we're coming with all of our, our I really believe that like people should really come here being very confident with who they are because that's how you're going to make it here because right. you're talking about Israelis who are extremely confident people and you need to come here and match that confidence of who you are this is not just in the place for Israelis this is for all Jews right. so I very much believe to not come here apologizing that you don't know Hebrew mm -hmm. and, and, and you should come here with, with, with a, doing your party that's what we're here for <laughs> we're here so that you can come here and do your party the way you want to do it right. and, you feel, know, comfortable and feel comfortable comfortable about it right. and 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 that's why we're also here for you because we can also make it so that the israel israeli the israeli side of things can feel comfortable you know the right. israeli kids or whatever they'll feel comfortable and the kids your kids will feel comfortable because because their their party will be in, like allowing everybody to feel well, it seems welcome like, it seems like the party is so much fun that nobody's going to focus on anything else but having fun exactly well, yeah, and except, and this is something I, I, I've been thinking about for a while, I, I don't know what percentage during speeches, yeah. it could be even if it's the speeches in Hebrew, kids, they're in school all day, right? right? They don't want to sit and listen to a speech. They might start talking, they might go outside. Neither do they, the adults. Neither do <laughs> the adults. The speech is short. Yes. And minimal. And minimal. Yes. Unless you, if you guys are a big speech family, even then... Rain it into a certain. It's thing. really the problem. A lot of times, isn't necessarily the parents; it's the grandparents. So they have to make sure to tell the grandparents. They have a cap on. Their yes, time. I. You have to keep it cap on the time. Yes. Listen, we go to so many parties, and our thing is making the whole industry better. So even if people don't take us, they take somebody else for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Can't imagine why. Because <laughs> we can also work with people's budgets. We do, talk about confidence. We do. We do. We do one in ten events as Maser. So like we have we have room to work with people oh, with their budgets. You know, we did we did a free event last you know last, last week. week. We do things for people who have a sick parent or a divorced parent. Low lane of Low lane of Obviously, you know, orphans and just families um, going through life. Yeah. But but. We, but we really genuinely want, like my party was so miserable, I didn't even get into details, I won't. But there was nothing to do in Kabbalah Plenum, so basically the kids started drinking as much wine as they could find. So oh, my best no. friend had to get ambulanced and move schools. And it was like a nightmare that just kept going. It was all started. Well, it was all there. You have a good story to tell them. So. Yeah, but but there's we have tips. We have tips on our website that if you guys implement them, great. How can I um, find you? Where's, what's your website? Holysimcha.com. H O L Y S I M C H A dot com. Oh, um, there's uh -huh. a Hebrew site also. There's a link there, but that one's in English. So the tip. There's so many tips. You know, like if you have little kids. When Ima's starting to speak, that's when they want to come and hang on Ima. Right. So have a, a lollipop or a, a, a present, you know, cheap present wrapped in lots of wrapping paper to give them at that moment, and they'll get they'll get away. There's so many like things that you can little things that if you implement them, and it's not just people with little kids. The the, the I started talking about how the the boys or girls might start talking during a speech, which mm -hmm. can be so distract because the adults who might want to hear the speech can't hear the speech. And how many times can you say, hey kids, can you quiet down? It's not going to work. 
Maybe give them some like crossword puzzles where they can do silently or something, a crossword puzzle about the boy, you know, thematically build it in. Yeah. We can do this for you. You could do it on your own. And then the person who completes the most, you know, things gets a prize at the end, but they have, give them little golf pencils, a little pen, you know, there's so many right. creative ways to make things flow. Give Everything. them spinners. <laughs> give them spinners, you know? You can make whole... You can make holy simple spinners. Holy simple spinners. There Give you go. Give them something to do because they, they can't... I could be your marketing. They can't, they can't listen to another word. They've been through a full day of school and yeah. 12 years, you know, 12 years of being, you know. Yes, and now it's, this is your party is their 140 for them. So think, how are you or how are you going to have us mm -hmm. make it special for them so it's not just another party, you know. Okay, so hats off with... With your company, with Holy Simcha, it sounds absolutely incredible and uh, so amazing to, to hear about it firsthand. And I hope that people that are moving here, people that live here and haven't heard about it now, will definitely contact you. Um, I want to end off asking you uh, what your Israel happy place is. If you could think of one place in Israel, a place, a feeling that makes you happy. For me, coming home. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was going to say the same home thing. Coming home to Bad Ayin. You know, yeah, sometimes I get home, home like, really? three in the morning. That's what's being, wonderful. You know, packing about, a bit of simcha, that's, what, that's what's wonderful about Israel. It's like every Jew has a home here. They really do. Yeah. Like they really have a place here that, you know, God willing, everybody's going to find that spot. Yeah. And we've definitely found our place, you know, exactly where... You know, where we are right now, it's not exactly, you know, we can't exactly buy it right now, but we would, we like feel that uh -huh. this is like, like just look, I was just going to say, just looking out on my view right oh, there. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, you have to come visit. Yeah, you have to come visit. Yeah. It's a whole we're different thing. We're sitting in my home so they can see my top view. Well, yeah. well, where we mm -hmm. see is just like, we can see way out where we can even see the, the ocean. Yeah, it's you know, a very clear day. Wow. You can see the ocean. Wow. And you just see way out. It's like unbelievable. So thank you so much for sitting down with me, coming to my home, and uh, your baby's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure all your kids have had, uh, didn't have Aliyahu's version of a bar mitzvah. I'm sure they all had fantastic bar mitzvahs. And, uh, Not yet, soon. And really just... Next year's our first one. Oh, first one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they haven't had yet. Not so yet. I'm sure that they will have amazing uh, bar mitzvahs. You can check out holysimchadadah for more information. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Eliyahu and Rifka Adina Kanush of Holy Simcha. Um, a really, that's a, it's a different interview than we've had here, both from Tova and on Baitzai's. A really intriguing uh, team there for all, you know, if you're looking for bar bat mitzvah DJs, make sure to go ahead and check them out. And Tova, tovanisrael.com, Tovan Israel on Facebook. Really, 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 we have to thank her for everything she's done for Bite Size. Really, week in and week out, we could always rely on Tova to have an interview for us. And really, I mean, they've they've got she's all over the place with interviews, which is a really good thing. You know, she's got some entertainers here. We have uh, when I'm at entertainers, I mean, she had singers, she had Yonina, she had Tamir Goodman. Uh, you know, different intriguing interviews and different intriguing people that she spoke with. All over the land of Israel, you know, you had army people and celebrities and whatever it is, people that work in different industries and Hillel Fold. I mean, I can, the list goes on and on, but really every single week, Tova stepped up 
with a great interview, and we thank her. TovenIsrael.com, TovenIsrael on Facebook. You'll want to check her out all summer long because uh, summertime means means different things than the average day during the year, and she's sure to cover it in the land of Israel. TovenIsrael.com, again, TovenIsrael on Facebook. We really thank you for everything you've done for us on Bite Size and the Nachum Siegel Network here over the last year. More coming up on Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network.
And that was Hashem Melech, this time by God Elbaz and Nisim Black. Um, it's already a little older. I mean, it's probably relatively new when it comes to the other Hashem Melechs, but uh, I'm personally a fan of the song in general, and I know the Y Studs have one. God Elbaz himself has a Hashem Melech. Uh, they're all really good, but this time we went with the God Elbaz and Nisim Black one for you here on Baitai's. And now coming up is an interview with Tova Kanach. She spoke with Menachem Traxler of Pantry Packers, one of the organizations that helps feed uh, families in need. So here's Tova with Menachem Traxler. You're tuned into Baitai's right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting here in Pantry Packers with Menachem Traxler. Welcome, Menachem, to the show. Good morning. Um, so before we talk about Pantry Packers and what it involves, can you tell us how you got involved in Pantry Packers? So I was actually living in Tzfat for 10 years, and, you know, it was from heaven. The opportunity arose, and they asked, the Kola Chabad organization reached out to me asking if I could develop a volunteer program, a way to get people involved. You know, the organization has been around for a long time, since 1788, actually. Wow. Um, but there was no proper way for volunteers to get involved in a meaningful way. And they asked me to think up of something and to, and to do it. And so how many years happened. have you been with Pantry Packers? Pantry Packers is four years old next week. Amazing. Okay, so when it started four years ago, how many families were being serviced uh, back then? Well, we've been giving out food for, for decades food box program, monthly food deliveries about 30 years old, and pantry packers, you know, started, we started creating our own line of dry goods. We actually just added quinoa to the line last week, um, but there's about 10,000 families receiving food boxes monthly as of now. As of now? Yeah. Wow. It's a lot of families, so poverty is a tremendous issue worldwide. And soup kitchens, you hear about all these different organizations. How is Pantry Packers unique or special? Uh, well, we actually have soup kitchens as well as part of the Kolo Chabad um, humanitarian network. There's one overlooking the Kotel, many have probably noticed. It's one of 23. Um, uh, we have Meals on Wheels program. Um, and then the dry food. So each actually helps a different segment of, you know, the of the people that are in need. Homeless, for example, will go to a soup kitchen. Um, someone which is able to cook and take care of themselves will get a food bo- a box of dry goods. And someone, an elderly person, for example, which can't cook for themselves, will get Meals on Wheels. So there's different programs for, for um, you know, di- different segments. Uh-huh. And how, do, how does one sign up if someone is in need of food? How do they get serviced by Pantry Packers? Um, so they, we work with the welfare department, and someone will go to their local municipality, and the social workers will either reach out to them first or they'll inquire. And if it's appropriate, then they'll be added to the list. Of, of people that need. Wow. Um, okay, so the mission of Pantry Packers says what? What is the actual mission? To eliminate food security, uh, in, food insecurity in Israel. You know, there shouldn't be anybody that's hungry. That's the vision. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, we're not there yet, but that's what we do every day. That's what we work towards that goal. Is there one community or one segment of the country that is being uh, serviced more than another? Uh, no. It's um, varied. 
from the north to the south. Um, there's two requirements. You have to be hungry and you have to be an Israeli citizen. That's what we help. Uh-huh. Um, so anywhere in between could, if, it's the, if they fit the criteria, you know, the, and then they'll, um, they'll get the food boxes. Not everybody needs a food box. Some need education, managing the resources they already have. Uh-huh. So it's a, each family is assessed individually by a social worker, and then they'll decide how they could possibly benefit best from and the program. It, and it's all discreet. Yeah, every every family gets delivered directly to their homes. Uh-huh. Um, they don't have to wait in lines to pick up boxes <laughs> of food. Okay. I saw on your website something about supermarkets, that there are certain supermarkets. Right. That so that's, um, we have four um, supermarkets mm-hmm. where it's just marked up enough to keep the store afloat with about 30% less than other supermarkets. Okay. And anybody can go and shop there. Um, you won't find brand names. You won't find Coca-Cola items there. Right. But everything a family needs is there for sale um, at very good prices. So making people feel like they're shopping with respect and not Absolutely. The store out. is um, clean, organized, shelved, just like any other supermarket. It's just not marked up that much. That's beautiful. Um, so what can, you, what can people expect to receive inside a food box? There's about... 60 different items, um, oil, flour, sugar. All the staples. Staple items, dry goods. Is it only uh, food or are there other? Food, there's um, dishwashing, uh-huh. uh, soap, um, and we include Shabbos candles for the month. Oh, very So we nice. give out boxes monthly. Uh-huh. Um, so, and when are they delivered? It's before, sh- it's before Shabbat or it's before... No, each city is different. There's... Um, predetermined time once a month they get and it's um you know, each city has its own schedule uh-huh and okay so now let's talk practically we're sitting inside pantry packers it's a beautiful beautiful facility i have personally been here with my family and it was a highlight and i need to bring them back um when families come here how what can they expect when they arrive um to start on time and <laughs> Just work, uh, work with the whole family, uh, Bubby, Zadie, and the grandkids, everyone in between, work around the table, packing dry goods uh, for that will be added to the food boxes. Um, each person will have something to do. Everyone has a task. Everybody has a task. They work as a family, an assembly line. Um, bar mitzvahs, we just had a bar mitzvah from Toronto this morning. So people celebrate smachot here. Yeah, another family from Chicago here right now. Yeah, I so saw them as I was coming in or another family leaving. Yeah. So you're busy all the time. Yeah, we're pretty busy. Okay, so pretty busy, it does not sound good enough. We have to get more people here. There are five slots left for Yeshiva Vacation Week. Five slots. Oh, wow. So this for is... the whole week. So it's pretty booked. Hanukkah yeah. was basically booked in the summer. So whoever's listening and you're coming for Yeshiva Week, right. you know, sign up quickly. So how can they sign up? What should they do to sign up? Pantrypackers.org. There's a link for to sign up to volunteer. Okay. And is there a Facebook page also? Facebook, of course. Yes, of course. And all the pictures I see, you're, you're holding a camera. So what can they expect when... Uh... Well, they got to come with smiles. Okay. You got to come with a smile. They come with a smile because you're going to take pictures take and put Take pictures it... and we're going to share it with the world. Share the joy of giving tzedakah. And it goes on the website. They have a whole gallery of all the pictures. What happens if families are not coming for Yeshiva Week or, or able to come for vacation right now, but they still want to provide 
help for all these needy families, um, what can they do? How can they contribute? So we have on the website an option to create a food drive, a virtual food drive, uh-huh. where they could create their own webpage in honor of a simcha or whatever, graduation, whatever you'd like, and you set a goal and get your family and friends to help you reach that goal, which will feed families in Israel. And that you could do from wherever you want. You don't have to be here to do it. Uh-huh. Um, but it's best if you come. Okay, amazing. Okay, so Menachem, you mentioned uh, virtual food drives. What are other ways that people could get involved in terms of different event ideas? So um, we had a girl, Neshama, uh, that for her bat mitzvah, she actually made a cookbook. Oh. This right here. And Take a picture of it, yeah. She sold the, the copies on her website, on, on the virtual food drive, and the money went for... Um, to help feed the needy, and everybody got a, f- a, cookbook. a cookbook. So you know, what that a was, beautiful idea! You know, so that was a fantastic project, and it's a really cool cookbook. Um, another family actually for bar mitzvah collected money for a, that we forwarded directly to a family that was having that we give food to that had a bar mitzvah in their family that year, uh-huh. and helped pay for the boys' tefillin. Oh wow! So you know, you get Very quite special. creative. Uh, of different ways there's um, ask your friends at a birthday party to skip the presents and everybody will donate or same thing at a, at a business company get together and you, know, you decide when you get together some, yeah you know would get all the co-workers to donate to some competition of some sort uh-huh. and the money goes towards um, to pantry packers. pantry packers perfect okay so those are personal food you know personal families and businesses what about schools can schools get involved absolutely so we have a school project where we'll match up the bar mitzvah class with again a family that we help give food to and that's having a bar or bat mitzvah that year in the family uh-huh. and they'll collect money to reach a goal to feed the family for the year and pay for the tefillin uh, we actually we've had a few schools do it so far. Actually, yesterday, a school from Australia came, and and he, the rabbi said, you know, we have we did the project and we have this money that they collected. Wow. Um, and I, I wasn't even in touch, so it was a nice surprise that they actually went through with it and that's, came that's yesterday. So, so that was really nice. Wow. Um, I'm sitting here also, just as a side note, I'm sitting here looking at all these packages, and I remember how careful we had to be, you know, to put the labels on. And the labels are so perfect, you know, with the nutrition facts. The, the families are not just getting the food. They're really, they're getting everything. It's like they're actually going food shopping in a store, you know, like uh, real food with the nutrition facts. There's the hashkacha. And uh, it's just very impressive. So, so That actually comes up a lot. People ask, why do we need to spend money on the colored labels and, you know, just give right? it to them, bigger packages and, you know, you know just with a... The so, address label, but it's uh, it's important that the families feel that they aren't um, for second class, that they're getting just as good as anybody else. Right. Um, quality products, not about to expire, and you know it's, it, it helps them feel and think positive to be able to get out of the cycle of poverty and move on. I think they're even getting better than you know people get in the supermarket. These are packages made completely with love, with true chesed, and it's a tremendous mitzvah that you're providing for so many people. So Kolokovo to you for starting, you know, helping start and run Pantry Packers. And before we end off, 
Uh, you mentioned you, live in, you lived in Tzfat for 10 years. You live in Yerushalayim now. Is there a place in Israel that you can call your happy place? Um, well, when I was in Tzfat, Tzfat was. Okay. Now Yerushalayim, I think Pantry Packers is the happy spot. Yeah, um, everyone's every, smiling here. Everybody's smiling, but it's also, I meet new people every single day from another part of the world and doing a mitzvah tzedakah together. So That's remarkable. It's just a completely positive environment. So there's a, it's just, when I want to be happy, I just make sure to just come here, even <laughs> if there isn't any groups, which isn't that often anymore. That's amazing. I'm really happy to hear that. Um, okay, so continued success with everything here. And uh, I hope everybody comes to Pantry Packers and uh, shares in the mitzvah with you. And uh, Yoni, I'm sure when you come to Israel, you'll uh, check out Pantry Packers as well. So, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Menachem, for being on the show. Back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Menachem Traxler, again, of Pantry Packers. That's right, they feed 10,000 families monthly. They all receive food boxes. Really a tremendous organization, and I know there are many throughout the country of Israel and really here in America that you could go ahead and volunteer at. So if you're in Israel and you're looking for something to do winter break, or really in America, again, so many different organizations, it's a wonderful chesed opportunity, and I urge everyone to try to try and go ahead and do so. Pantrypackers.org or info at pantrypackers.org to talk to Menachem to book an appointment anytime over the next month. And really, again, Pesach, or if you plan on going in the summer, go ahead and check them out. More coming up on Bite Size. Here's Ivri Anochi off of Benny Friedman's new album. You're tuned into Bite Size right here on the Nachum Siegel Network.
He believes he can fly. Ooh, I believe I can touch the he sky. He believes he can touch I the think sky. about it every night, every and, day. night and day. I spread my wings and fly, fly away. away. Oh, 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 oh. Let's go. Tears I drown, but I never oh, let it get me down. Get me down. So when negativity surrounds the rest, I know someday it's a lot I believe I can fly. I believe I can watch that. I
העיקר לא לפחד כלל, ומלמעלה הוא שומר, שר ואויב לא יתקרב. אך לאח ויד ביד, ישראל זה עמך, ומלמעלה הוא עוזר, שומר, שומר
Season 5 of Bite Size here on the Nachum Segal Network. I have so many people to thank. And again, like I said earlier on in the show, this isn't the end. It's it's the end of this type of format for Bite Size. As uh, the summer is just going to bring a lot more music. You know, I'll, I'll start off with a bit of an intro some weeks and, and give you the end with Summer Munchin in Brooklyn, as you come to expect the last few weeks. But otherwise, no more interviews for the summer. Just a lot of good music. Sometimes, If I can't make it, you'll hear a uh, an encore. I'll try to choose the better ones. But, uh, I, I mean, I have so many people to thank. I have to thank you all, obviously the listeners. Um, without you, the show doesn't go on. So we thank you. Uh, to Nachum and Miriam, who actually gave me this opportunity. You know, when I came on to this network, I, I, I wanted to talk about, I wanted my own show. You know, what I want to do in life, I want to move on one day, whenever that day is, to uh, host my own sports talk show wherever that is in life. And so so I made that pretty clear to them, you know, after a few months working here. And, uh, you know, th- there are a lot of things that go into it. So so what we did, we, we came up with this concept because we had so many different people that wanted to contribute to our network, like the Tova Connects, like the Joanna Shepsons, uh, like the Leora Zomics, who, who was on the stunt show last year, a, a key member of the stunt show last year. We had so many different people that, that wanted to contribute. But, we, you know, we couldn't make a whole show work out. We couldn't do this logistically. Things were tough. So what we did is we came up with this concept where I would be the host. So that way I have my own show. I, I'm the host of the show. And we have these contributors from all over the world, Israel, America, 
if they were traveling place, they're allowed to contribute also to us. And uh, they'd send in their interview. You know, it'd be like kind of me curating the interviews, and you know, I'd listen to it, and and uh, so that was the concept. So, you know, a, a really, it's a cool concept. You don't really see it on many other networks. You just don't. Um, and and you know, so I I really I need to thank both Nachum and Miriam for that. I have to thank Jamie Turkel, who no longer works for us, but she was a key part of the show, especially at this time. You were used to listening to Ford at the Door, where uh, Jamie and I would list our top four favorite blank, and uh, you know Jamie is no longer with the network, but she was a key part to Bite Size, so I have to thank her as well. And again, like I said earlier, I need to thank Tova Knecht, Joanna Shepson, Leora Zamek, Josh Haston was on the show, and Nachum contributed a bit. You heard from me a few different times. And uh, excuse me if I'm leaving anyone else out, but but so many people put so much time into this show, and I really cannot thank, and, and specifically, Tova Connect, Joanna Sheps, and Leora Zamaga. Tova, again, TovaInIsrael.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook. You want to follow her if you somehow don't yet. Joanna Sheps in FunInJerusalem.com. Contact her if you're looking for different tours to go on in Israel. If, you plan on, if, you're, if you're planning a trip to Israel but you don't know what to do, Joanna Sheps in. Contact her, FunInJerusalem.com. She has so many cool things. I mean, I, I like her page on Facebook, which everyone should. And every 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 day, it seems like there's a new, there's a hike, there's a uh, a biking this, a an aquarium visit, a this, a that. It's so cool. So many different things. Funinjerusalem.com. You'll check her out. And Liara, again, we thank you for everything you've done to Bite Size. So that's pretty much how uh, how this show came about. And 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 again, one last thank you to everyone and anyone who helped partake and make this a reality for me. You'll be hearing from me again. The summer, you'll hear me on Thursday Live Lunch. You'll hear me filling in for random shows here and there. Uh, I'm around, but I, I really I have to thank all of you, the listeners, for both putting up with me and, and encouraging me to continue and, uh, you know, hopefully giving both Miriam and Nahum good feedback because that allows me to stay right in front of this mic. So thank you all for that. And thank you for joining the, for me for the last two hours here on Bite Size and the Nahum Seal Network. A reminder, if you haven't yet downloaded the NSN app, Google Play Store, Apple Store, go ahead, find it, download it. It's all free. You can catch all of our content while on the run. If you enjoy what we do here, all the programming, all the different trips, etc., please donate fjbunity.org. We do have a marathon, but we accept donations all year round, and we appreciate all of those who continue to contribute here to us. Avrami Finkelstein's live lunch will come up in uh, as soon as he kicks me off, which he is letting me know is soon. So uh, make sure to stay and tune in for that. But for now, I'd like to wish you all a good day, a great summer, a sweaty summer, because that means it's hot and that's great. And I'd like to remind you that the bite size is always, always, always the right size.